to another edition of Wrestling Makes the World Takes at CB, alongside, yours truly, alongside the one and only AD. We're back in the house, everybody. What's going on, sir? It's good to Not see you. Not much. It's been a while. How yeah, you it's, been? I, it's, it's good to see you. And I'm just, you know, every time I see you, you just make me happy. I just have to say that. That's my job in life, to make people happy, you know? I, that, that's Specifically it. you. Mm -hmm. I've been saying that to my wife. It's, but I've been making people happy since 1989. That's my slogan. <laughs> Um, but it's good to see you. We got a big show planned for tonight, and I'm just excited because this, this gets to like my my almost my favorite time of year uh, in in the wrestling season, as I like to call it, is that November ish time fall time frame because they start building towards the big pinnacle and the peak of the the Q1 time frame when they start laying all their, their biggest storylines out there and have a big payoff in the spring. Missouri starts to slowly see the nuggets laid for uh, their Royal Rumble time, Mania time, and now Survivor Series becoming a big thing again. So it's nice to see all these nuggets, you know, that are going to happen soon. I'm so excited about Survivor Series becoming a thing again because for a while, I felt like they just kind of phoned it in the last couple of years with it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, it's the Raw versus the SmackDown. They kind of just pair the champions up against each other. There's no story. There's no reasoning behind it. They just kind of do it, and then they move on. And the one thing that was bad about it, too, is, you know, they had those big, you know, WWE title changes right before it because, you know, all of a sudden they're like, oh, we don't want this guy to face this guy, so let's quickly change the belt. So, you know, it made it lose significance right there. There was no story build because of that as well. I agree, but I mean, we did get some fun matchups out of it. I remember, like, the first couple of years they doing this in 2017, we got Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles, which was fun, and then 2018, we got that great matchup between mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar and Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan at the time, mm -hmm. uh, which was a fun little short and sweet kind of yep. dramatic match. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good match, but you know, I'm interested to see how they take the new approach of you know not making it all about brand versus brand, and making it more of a traditional you know Survivor Series with more at stake. I agree, and they years ago they used to do great with it. They used to make it a big payoff where they'd somehow get like these groups and these these um, feuds and factions with each other, and they have a big payoff there. Uh, or they would have uh, a couple of years before that they they introduced the Elimination Chamber of mm -hmm. the 2002 Survivor Series, and we saw that. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels come back and defeat five other guys, and Triple H literally almost died if he ripped the larynx in half to Rob Van Dam, the five-star frog splash uh, off the top of the pod. Um, I was a big Rob Van Dam fan back in the day. Oh, I loved you. Yeah, I love, I mm. love RVD. Just, nope. Now, not so much, but you know, what he's I, become. But back in the day, original RVD coming to WWE, I was a huge fan. I have always wanted to be able to do that stretch that he does, where he has both leg, one foot up here on the, the seat and another one right here, and yep. then he just kind of does that balance. Just chills, it. yep. I'm like, I, will, I want to figure out how to do it. If I do that, it won't end well. Your me. nuts might not like it. <laughs> it yeah. might not. My All the ligaments in my legs won't like it. And yes, my uh, the family jewels won't yep. uh, end up too well. Yeah. So. Uh, but before we get to Survivor Series, we've got a big show on deck coming up very soon. We've got the Crown Jewel Premium Live Event. Mm -hmm. No longer pay-per-views, as they're calling it. Premium mm -hmm. Live Event uh, coming up in Saudi Arabia. So let's start there. Give me your thoughts. They always try to pull out a couple extra stops for these uh, big international events just to kind of drop mm -hmm. some buzz for them. So give me your thoughts. High level. What do you think? And then what we'll, we'll do in this show, we'll just kind of break down each match. Yeah, so I think they're kind of trying to make it their, like, international WrestleMania. You know, they make it, like, a big spectacle. I mean, there's a lot of money involved in it, you know, because they're getting paid a lot by Saudi Arabia to do these shows. So, you know, it's always nice to see, like, them have another big show in the fall outside their traditional big four. Um, 
I'm excited to see what they do because usually in these events too in Saudi Arabia they've had some cool things happen in there. So I'm very interested to see what they go with on this one. Yeah, and they're they're doing some new things, which I always like. And mm -hmm. I like in this triple H era, it's I am hoping we're not gonna get a lot of the repeats, like the formula, the fifty fifty booking that's like, all right. We'll have uh, all these WrestleMania matches, but then the following month at WrestleMania Backlash or whatever the following month show is, yep. we're going to repeat 75% of them. It's like, great. Why, why do I care? Like, yeah, that's the good thing about this card like that they have. It's a good mixture of new stuff and then also some long-term storytelling in there, too, which we haven't had in a long time. I agree. So let's kick things off. We'll go from the bottom of the card leading up to the main event. We'll start with, they just announced the tag team title match, the Usos versus Ridge Holland and butch mm -hmm. so what do we think here so i see it going the usos way that match i mean there has been some disdain going on recently in the bloodline um i think they'll still retain with assistance from Sami Zayn for them to hold the title because they're trying to you know push Sami Zayn as this like glue piece of holding the bloodline together mm -hmm. um whereas roman's getting very frustrated with jay uso so i see you know sammy trying to make efforts to keep the bloodline together where this story goes we still don't know but i think because of that i think the usos hold it i mean i don't think it's time yet for them to you know take it off of them i can see it gradually building that but i don't think now is the right time to do that i agree i, I don't I, I don't see the usos losing right now but my question for you is what is the big payoff with the Sami Zayn element in the storyline so I think the whole purpose is going to end up being that Sami Zayn is the thing that breaks up the bloodline and it could be Roman ends up choosing him over his cousins and his cousins can't take it anymore and split off. That's where, that's where I currently see it going. Interesting. Um, or there's also, you know, a little wrench you could throw where, you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have been working together this whole time to get this to happen and it leads to a, you know, a tag team blow off with Sami Zayn versus the Usos and they take the titles off of the Usos at Mania or earlier. That's interesting. I never thought of that. Having a mole mm -hmm. in the in the the entire scheme, like a long-term plan. Mm -hmm. That's what happened at the, we talked we were talking about the invasion angle a couple weeks ago and that's what Vincent Rand did. He planted Kurt Angle in the alliance to like mm -hmm. try to like be the uh you know, break up the, the chemistry there. So, um, interesting. Uh, I didn't think of that. So that's, that's, uh, that's uh, if they pull it off, I'll be really impressed by the writing there. Yes, they, I mean, they've been doing a good job with that storyline as is, but, you know, it's always interesting every week to see how they, you know, go about it. And, you know, Sami Zayn has gone out and made it his job to make the Bloodline break character every week. And he's extremely succeeding at it. And, you know, so it's a very fun thing to watch to see, you know, what crazy thing he's going to say next to make them break as well. So I think fans are enjoying the dynamic going on as well. So I don't think it's time for them to, you know, ruin anything to have them start falling apart yet. I think that's a better thing to start getting in as we head into our Mania season um, around then. I, I have to say this is probably the best stuff we're ever seeing from Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. So... We'll see. Hopefully, they keep up the good uh, the good booking. All right, we're going to move on to what they also just announced: um, the returning Bailey versus Bianca Belair in a last woman standing bout. Mm -hmm. What do we think? Do you take the steam off of Bianca and give or you give it to um, uh, Bailey, like who just came back, or do you, or do you maybe have some kind of schmaz finish where they have to keep the thing going into the next page? So. I've started to view Bailey and her faction as the new, the female version of the Bloodline. 
okay, where they're that dominant faction that's going to take over everything. Um, and for that reason, I have Bailey winning. So, like, once again, this is a longer storytelling time that's been going on for a while now, um, where Bianca's just completely dominated, where Bailey, you know, on her TV matches had some pins on Bianca. But I think it's time to finally take the title off of Bianca. And if they're going to do it, it's going to be at a big show. And this is a big show. Um, whereas another big title change we saw in the past is where we had The Fiend take the title off Seth Rollins at a past crown jewel. Um, so I think this time they go the woman's route and have Bailey take the title off Bianca. Because Bianca's done pretty much everything you can as a champion. Um, I think it's time to have a good, you know, nice heel champion run that we haven't had with that title Bianca's held for a while. Um, and, you know, since Becky Lynch has left, you know, someone hasn't taken that, taken the reins of having that heel role and ran with it. Ronda Rousey, I feel like never really did because, you know, her mic work was always very lacking. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel Bailey could be that person to be a true great heel woman's champion, you know, and have the backing of the women's tag titles, uh, champions with her. Uh, I like it. So my follow-up question to you is, if they do that and they build her to a big mania feud, who's the baby face that's going to come in and try to hmm. upset the heel champion? I think it's going to personally be Sasha Banks. You're going to have a... Because, you know, they've had so many classics, and, you know, they've always had that close relationship. So kind of be, you know, Sasha comes back, you know, Bailey turns on her, and, you know... They have this big storyline, you know, Sasha's the face, Bailey's the heel, and it builds up to Mania. So you think they're going to get a deal done then? Yep, I think so. You know, because they're magic in the ring together, as you saw in NXT, you know. Recently on the main roster, all you saw was them together, really. Um, so it'd be nice to see them going at it against each other. I, I would say they might already have a deal. Maybe they're just kind of keeping everything very tight-lipped at the moment. It could be, you know, or some people want to come back for the right thing, and, you know, I could see this as the right thing, right timing. She comes back instantly at number 30 and wins the Women's Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. And now if they close with the Women's Royal Rumble, well, that's tough. We, we've got many shows before we talk about the Royal Rumble, but, mm -hmm. you know, what do you close with? Do you close the Women's Royal Rumble and you have a Bailey, excuse me, a... Um, Sasha come out as a return and win. Mm -hmm. Cap it off. Or you have Cody come out in the men's and win. So both are like big feel-good comeback stories. Mm -hmm. They're going to get a lot of people buzzing. Yes. For me, as long as I don't get uh, Charlotte Flair, you know, winning. Um, or Becky Lynch, I'm a happy person at that Women's Royal Rumble when we get to that. But, you know, we're still a long ways away from that. So I like where you're going with it. I uh, initially circled Bianca here, but you know I am going to cross it out. I think I'm going to go with Bailey now. I, I like okay, the way you that. You <laughs> sold me on it. You sold me on it. Um, okay, off to the big guys, pivoting a little bit at the Clash of the Giants here. We've got Braun Strowman mm -hmm. versus Omos. This one was probably the easiest one for me to decide. Um, so this one I went with Braun because, you know, you're brought Braun back, you know, and, you know, Triple H's mass return of all these superstars. You got to, if you're bringing Braun back, you know, you're going to push him the right way. You don't want to take steam off him right away. You know, Omos is very lacking in the ring still. And, you know, I don't think he's, you know, he's still a work in progress. Braun, you know, is a guy that can really push as the, you know, giant. It's another way, I think, for them to, you know, elevate him more saying he's the guy now because right now, since he's been gone, Omos has been advertised as the guy. Like, he's the new giant in the company. You know, it's his role where, you know, I think it's 
a good way to celebrate Braun by saying, no, it's me, and him knocking Omos back down a peg. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when Braun Strowman was at his hottest, I would say, in 2018, the Get These Hands gimmick, they should have pulled the trigger on. He had the monster in the bank storyline mm -hmm. going on. Yep. They should have pulled the trigger on that and put the title on him right then. He was, he was literally over like Rover. And I think if they can get him back to that, mm -hmm. uh, he's in great shape. Uh, the mic work is there. Yep. Uh, people are behind him. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I think, you know, you brought him back as this high-priced free agent. And you just keep having them run through people, and then you build them up to be a hot contender in next year after the dust settles. And for me, too, I would say Braun probably over the last, like, you know, last decade is probably the, one of the most improved wrestlers we've seen from where they started to where they are now. Because, you know, remember we saw him live, you know, when he was with the Wyatt family. His moveset was extremely limited. It was very blah. Like, you know, he you could tell he didn't have any skill in that. Vince just threw him in there and said, you're a big guy. Just, you know, look good. And yeah. now to see where he is now, where, you know, he's got some actually, like, pretty solid ring skills, you know. Um, it was a shame, you know, his first title was kind of just thrown on last second because of the dropout of Roman Reigns at Mania. And, you know, during the pandemic, during the pandemic, there was no, there was no fans. Crowd there, it just didn't fit. Yeah, he, so he's never really got his moment to shine with an actual, like, mainstream title. And I think he eventually deserves that. Um Hopefully down the road, not yet, because there's other guys, you know, kind of in front of him in line. But I think they need to continue to keep him in the upper echelon of talent in the company. Yeah, I mean, they say the title makes the guy or the guy makes the title. And there's some guys that just don't need a title. I don't mm -hmm. know if he needs a title, but I agree. I would like to see him with that real run. Because he won that WrestleMania 36, and that entire run... There was no crowd that was mm -hmm. in the, yep. the thunder into the Thunderdome era and the Performance Center era, um, so we never really got to see if the run worked or not. Yep, that whole time period is just a wash. Um, yeah, a lot of people forget he was even champion because no one actually saw it because it was what during the pandemic. Yeah, but he's he's coming in back where it's a very crowded time mm -hmm. and a time where they have both titles merged. Yes, which also doesn't. It complicates yep. things. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I agree. I think they have the opportunity to get him back to that upper echelon baby face. Or, if they can't, because with theoretically Cody coming back as the top baby face, and you have Bray on the other side as the top baby face, you could flip him and be a monster heel again. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. You know... They could make him heal again, but I think right now they're just focused on his face run because that's where you know he really had some good steam going with it, with his face run. Uh, is when fans really took to him, you know, the heel run. People weren't feeling as much, so I think they stick with the face run for now. Uh, but maybe down the road they could go that route, you know, because right now, say he went the heel route, he'd be the number three, maybe ranked heel on SmackDown. I would say um, behind Roman, then you have Karrion Cross as well as they're one and two, so, you know, I don't think it's right for him yet to switch to the other side. Yeah, it's an interesting time. Good problems to have, because you've got all these great crops of talent back, mm -hmm. and um, there's a lot of things they could do, and I'm excited because they have this new booking regime in there. Yes. Hopefully they won't kind of mess it up.
I hope not. Uh, what do you think ever happened to that kid that he was tag team champions with? Good old Nicholas? Yeah, <laughs> Nicholas. I was like, is it Carter? What was his name? Nic that Nicholas. Yeah. Good old Nicholas. Oh, man. He's probably you know, just living the dream in high school, you know, telling the babes the story about the time. <laughs> You know, he I was tagged a, with Braun. He I was, was like, a pro you know, wrestler, yeah. You know, no big deal. I wrestled in front of like 50,000 people. People were screaming my name, you know. Here's my number. Yeah. <laughs> here's a, you don't believe me? Here's a picture. Yep. Here I am with. He has a YouTube video like permanently saved on his phone, so he just whips it right out. That's his pickup line. <laughs> yeah, that's a life-changing like angle for him. Like, yep. he will forever be known as that. Like, he could take that clip around wherever mm -hmm. he goes and be like, hey, like, I was a world tag team champion at WrestleMania with Braun Strowman mm -hmm. when I was like five years old. <laughs> I was about five years old. But he was, uh, I don't know, he was, he was ten, maybe ten. All right, yeah. so that was five years ago. So he's like a freshman in high school. Yep. So yeah, that's his voice is crackling right now. You know, yeah, he's going through all the changes. He's asking little genie to the freshman social. <laughs> <laughs> genie, I love it. All right, let's keep it moving here. So we've got Steel Cage match. We've got Drew McIntyre. We've got Karrion Cross. Mm -hmm. So what are we thinking about this here? This was one of the ones that I probably had the toughest time deciding on because Karrion Cross, you know, has come back and they've built him up as behind Roman, that second top heel. McIntyre right now has, you know, been the top face on SmackDown. And he's been on kind of a big-time losing streak with this thing going on with Cross. But I see it going Cross's way, but I'm not 100% sure about it. Uh, yes, it's in a steel cage match, but I still feel like there's a way Scarlett's going to get involved. And it's going to cause McIntyre to lose this match. And I see this, something, this as a long-term storyline that they have going as well now where it could eventually continue going into Survivor Series with, like, a big blow-off there. I don't think this could be it, possibly, for them. Uh, but for this one, I have it going Cross's way. Again, I could see it leading to maybe, you know, McIntyre, like, snapping and, you know, channeling something deeper to, you know, overcome Cross eventually at the next pay-per-view. So let me ask you this follow-up question. Do you think the window for Drew McIntyre is closing? No, I don't if you know what I mean. No, 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 no. I don't think so at all. I just think, you know, over the last couple of years with the Vince regime, he's just been, you know, like Roman kind of just like pushed at the top down your throat for so long that, you know, they want to give other guys, or I think they should give other guys a chance to live in that moment for a little bit. You know, you don't want to have one guy just stay up there too long. You want to see him fall a little bit and build himself back up. And I think that's what they should be doing with McIntyre right now. We're in his fall right now and you know it's going to lead to him building him back right up back up to the top um because he's been there so long so you do think that means like a heel turn or putting him with a faction or kind of changing his character a little bit or what do we think um i don't know about a character change i mean it has personally gotten recently a little staler for me i think it needs like a little more edge to it than what it's had um it's kind of losing my interest a little bit, which is another reason why I went with Cross. I have more interest in what he's doing than McIntyre. And I think it's, you know, they, they can use this storyline with Cross to kind of like get McIntyre to dig into something deeper and expand on his character. He could still stay a face, but just, you know, find an extra little thing to get that those fans' interest back. Because I don't think there's much of it right now. 
Uh, the only reason he had it in his last one lacrosse was because it was in Scotland, where else? So his whole uh, his home uh, home turf. So I think you know he he needs a little a little change. Yeah, we're going into what call it the third year of this Drew McIntyre mm -hmm. era, and he came out of the gate, and I feel terrible for him because in early 2020 he came out of the gate smoking hot, mm -hmm. and he had the look, he had the energy, the crowd behind him. Yep, and they booked him perfectly against Brock Lesnar Royal Rumble, like to just eliminate him, and he just looked like a monster. Yep. And then they, they built the story up perfectly for him to take the title off, and he's going to be that have that run as a babyface. Obviously, um, you know, with COVID, that that kind of changed a lot of things. But um, that uh, I feel like he never really got. He did while he did get the title run. Uh, it kind of falls in that brawn territory a little bit, where it was during an era where it's kind of forgotten a little bit. Yeah, but I still really enjoyed his title run. Actually, I think he did a great job as a face champion. Um, and, you know, they really did a good job leading into that, you know, where they built McIntyre to be this guy where, you know, no matter what you did to them, he was always going to get back up. That was the whole, you know, storyline, right? You know, he gets back up, he gets angry, and anger digs deeper and deeper. And I enjoyed seeing that because it was channeling something else uh, with him. Um, so I, I really actually enjoyed his touring, even though, you know, we had the whole pandemic era. I thought it was a good run. And, you know, I think fans regardless would have taken to it, even if it was, you know, with 20,000 fans there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I always think there's a way to reinvent everybody. I think mm -hmm. we've seen it all the time where people kind of... You have to at this time because, you know, people's attention spans these days are so short. Like, you stay the same for too long, you know, it's going to gonna fizzle out, I think. You know, you've always got to reinvent yourself, even if it's in a small little way. You don't have to completely change who you are as a character, but just find little small nuances to change about your character to keep fans engaged in you is how... You know, some people stay relevant for so long uh, in the industry. That's like Chris Jericho. I mean, mm -hmm. From all the different eras and different promotions yep. that he crossed through. Or even going further back, you have Mick Foley, too. With yep. all his different characters he had. Undertaker had different versions of The Undertaker that kept him relevant. You know, the greats really find a way to reinvent themselves and stay relevant. We're seeing it now with Bray Wyatt, too. Mm -hmm. Each, every two to three years, it's a little bit different version. It's still Bray Wyatt, but it's a different version. We have the Firefly. We have the House of Horrors, mm -hmm. where he changes up his look a little bit. And, yep. uh, and then he goes, and he had The Fiend, which is really great. And, you know, I still think there's some unfinished business with that storyline. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, they kind of tie up the loose ends there. But, um and you see him coming back with this kind of hybrid between all of them. He's got a new look again with the piercings and the uh, yep. with the dreadlocks, and uh, it's we don't know where we're going with this new storyline that we're just unfolding as we speak right now. No, but he's he's someone that's very aware. You know, you have to you know change and adapt to survive in this industry because you know with the attention span of fans these days, you know, it's not being you know as you know I would say strong as it used to be. Like people just want their things quick. You know, he's got to find ways to reinvent himself and catch people's interest quick. So he's, you know, the good ones do a good job of that. Um, and I think, you know, McIntyre needs to find a way to do that as well. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock mm -hmm. or Triple yeah. H. Uh, I don't think you... Even Triple H always kind of evolved a little bit. He was, mm -hmm. you know, he was obviously like Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the, the like bougie guy from Connecticut. And then... He evolved into, um, you know, the, the cerebral assassin of the game. And then he went to Evolution where he kind of had that Ric Flair-style gimmick mm -hmm. where he was, like, guy yep. in a suit and all that. 
Um, you had your DX one, the Triple DX H as version. well. So yep. he's he's always evolved too, uh, and to a lesser yeah. extent, The Rock as well. Like you had the you know with the sideburns and the Rudy Pooh can the ass, mm -hmm. and then when he was kind of becoming the Hollywood star, he kind of went heel and he had a different look and kind of had a little different vibe to him. Yeah. Always kind of came up with new stuff. I, I would be intrigued to see McIntyre in a faction again because you know he had that Roma three MB that was you know his undoing in WWE the first time. Uh, and then, you know, he came back in that tag team with Dolph Ziggler. I thought they did a phenomenal job together. So, you know, maybe that's another way to, you know, change some of the McIntyre's, put him in a faction or a tag team and see what he can do, you know, because he's been a singles guy for, you know, a while now. And it'd be a nice little change for him, too, I think. I agree. You put him, and you could even put him with Strowman and Omos to make just, like, a skyscraper <laughs> of faction. Yep. You know, something like that, and just have them just maul people. Yep. So, um, I, I'm going with Cross, too, because I think Triple H is really high on him, and I'd like to see him just kind of build up some new stars a little bit. Uh, we already know what we have with McIntyre, and I think we can always kind of go back to that well again, but mm -hmm. I think it's time to build up some new stars a little bit just to see what we have. We don't know what we have in Carrie. And, and this yet. is a good time to find out what you have when you're not in your WrestleMania season yet, because, you know... I feel the best thing for a company to do is use this time not in their mainstream seasons to really find out guys they can push that level when that season comes around again, which we're getting super close to getting near there. So this is a great time to figure out, all right, what guys can we get in that position to have on our Mania card and have them in a big storyline? So, you know, I think this is a good time to find out about Cross and see if he's a guy that can have a big storyline going into Mania. Uh, let's kick it into high gear with... Um... The two, uh, you know, two absolute brawlers uh, in Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Always fun to see these two together just because of their uh, athletic background. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to see these guys, like, in a cage just going Oh, out. yeah. Just just for out of cur pure curiosity. And they're both a little older. They're not in their prime anymore. But um, always fun. Just It's just a spectacle to see those two guys with that kind of, like, just their look and their... And it's been a while since they've uh, they've had a little, anything going on with the two of them. They always teased it in recent years, but you know it's nice to see them go at it. It uh, is. So what do we think? Brock's coming back, obviously for another payday. He like he comes back two to three times a year now. Uh, whenever uh, somebody gets out the big checkbook, yep. what do we think? Well, we're obviously expecting a giant car crash to happen. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. There's a lot of meat going on there. A lot of muscle. Yes, it's going to be a hard hitting slugfest. Um, I have it going Brock's way. Um, you know, Bobby had just recently lost steam with losing the United States title. Brock, you know, has been very over with the fans since he's had this whole face run. You know, his last match, you know, even though he lost, I think he left more over than going into the match uh, based on what he did in that match. Um, so that's why I have Brock, you know, he's always been the company guy where they want him, you know, push him as this dominant force so that's why i have brock winning but it's going to be a back and forth car crash that's going on you know two extremely large men well, i mean everybody loves cowboy brock mm -hmm. i do too yep um it's just fresh it's something different he's got some personality to him now he does and you can see he's just having fun with them mm -hmm. he's driving forklifts to the ring he's wearing overalls he's got like a little man bun kind of thing going on it's just it's fun that's his true personality, because, you know, Brock Lesnar yeah. in the off season or when he's not wrestling, he's like a farmer up in 
Canada somewhere. Yeah, well, something I thought, found out interesting about Brock is he did an interview on the Pat McAfee show a few months ago, and he said, like, for him to, you know, do all this, it takes a lot out of him to get in this, like, very outgoing person, you know, this had this charisma to him. So he likes to say, like, after that, he, like, shuts down for, like, a week, at least after. He doesn't want to be any people or anything. So it's very interesting, you know, to see him actually go through this process now because he's always had Paul Heyman before as his mouthpiece to do all the talking. He just stood there bouncing around, and now he's the one, you know, who really is carrying the weight. So I, I wonder, you know, when he goes home now, has he crashed for two weeks now that he's doing all the talking? <laughs> he might have to. But Now, I'm going to ask you this follow-up question. Do you think they ever have one final payoff run where they unite Paul and Brock again one final time before they both Ooh. retire. I don't think they need to. I don't need to. I, I like what Brock's been doing on his own and, you know, the Paul Heyman thing they did for so long. I don't think they need to go back to it. I think Brock's doing a great job on his own. He doesn't need Paul. And I, I like what Paul's doing away from Brock as well. Um, So I don't think they need each other again. Yeah, it's a fresh start for Paul too, who did the same kind of thing for the last 20 years mm -hmm. uh, with Brock Lesnar. Brilliant, but uh, it's it's good. It keeps Paul Heyman more in the spotlight because before that, he was only coming around whenever Brock came around, but now it keeps Paul on TV yep. every week, and Paul on TV every week is a good thing for yes. everybody. He's the best uh, manager on the mic ever, I would say. But I could see at least when Brock Lesnar ends up going in the Hall of Fame someday, they have Paul induct him because you're oh, going to do that entrance one more time yep. with the Undisputed. I don't, I don't think there's anyone else to do it because the only other person I would think of is Vince who would do it for him. And But based on you know the way Vince ended his career, I don't think it would be him anymore. I think Paul Heyman would be the perfect guy to do it. Do you think we ever see Vince McMahon again in a public spotlight or anywhere even an interview. I think we will. It could be a while. But I think eventually we will when all this legal stuff has settled down and, you know, simmered off. I think right now it's still too fresh for him to make any appearances or interviews right now. So I, I think eventually we'll hear from him again. I know he's got a condo down in Boca Raton. He's probably hiding out down there somewhere. Yep, he's kicking his feet up now. Yeah, but um, yeah, interesting stuff. I think I'm going to go with Bobby Lashley just because, you know, Brock Lesnar, I feel like he can lose. And when he comes back five months later, six months later, you forgot that he lost. And he's still the beast incarnate again who could smash anybody. Um, but Bobby's there as an every week guy. So I, I feel like it's, you know, let's let's build up Bobby Lashley. As we're going to that that mania season, mm -hmm. give him a real huge win here somehow against Brock Lesnar. And then... You know, put him into a big program going forward. Um, so I'm going to take Bobby Lashley. I'm going to. I think I'm going to go against you there, Captain. Okay, it's our first uh, disagreement. It is, yes. Um, just because I think it'll do more for Bobby Lashley than it would oh, do for Brock Lesnar. It would for sure do more for Bobby Lashley because you know Brock would probably do this match and then you know disappear for a little while again. So it definitely would do more for Bobby if he won this match. But you know, I just think since it's. Uh, such a big spectacle event, you know, fans are going to be paying a lot of money in Saudi Arabia to see Brock Lesnar and want to see him win. Uh, yes, for sure. And then the last question I have before we move on here again, do we see Brock Lesnar show up in first quarter 2023, either between the Rumble to set up the program for Mania? Or does he go away till 
who knows, an undetermined amount of time. I think we'll see him at Mania again. Um, I don't know if we'll see him at Royal Rumble time. It might be slightly after, maybe early February we see him roll around March. Because um, I think, you know, I don't think they need him in the Rumble this year. I think the spotlight should be on some other people. Uh, so I think he will be at Mania, but he won't appear till February or March. And who would you put him against? Maybe like an Omos or something. Yeah, different. I think Omos, like, yeah, because I don't think you need to see, you know, the McIntyre again. Definitely not Roman again. It needs to be someone. Sorry, you saw him in brand new. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would probably say. Maybe Omos. I mean, Braun, again, wouldn't be a bad idea if they want to use that as, you know, a launching point for Braun as well. It's true. Uh, I could see them doing that again. So I'd probably say one of those two guys if I had to uh, to go with that right now. Um, or maybe an edge even, too. Yeah, I think they're going to need a big spectacle match because mm -hmm. uh, they're going to Hollywood. They've got mm -hmm. the SoFi Stadium. It's huge. They have Phil, and there's going to be a lot of tension on it. Uh, team's home stadium. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, well, we'll see. They're not looking as sharp as they were previous years. Mm -hmm. We'll see how what happens when uh, my uh, South Philly gang green shows up. Oh, man. But um, another podcast, another conversation yeah. for another time. <laughs> um, so moving over to uh, the OC versus the Judgment Day. Uh, matchup what do we think here so for this one i was took me a little bit of time to think about it but then i think the logical thing that's going to happen is the oc is going to win with assistance from edge and beth phoenix because you know edge and beth phoenix have been away now um and i think it's time for them to take that storyline to the next level and you know it's a big event, so why not do something big and have Edge and Beth come out and, you know, build into that, you know, feud to further expand it with the Judgment Day to lead into their blow-off. I think you're going to see the blow-off at Survivor Series with this. So that's why I think now is the time you're going to see Edge come back with Beth Phoenix to lead into Survivor Series where they have some mixed match against the Judgment Day. I like it, and it also doesn't completely eliminate the steam off of the returning OC. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love yep. the idea of putting that group back together. They've got a lot of history. And, and I, mm -hmm. I get that at this point, they're both kind of way past their prime, and they're kind of there to help make others look good. Yep. But, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of, let's bring all these guys in, heat them up, and then just kill the steam. Yeah, right and away. I think, you know, AJ needs some momentum because the last, you know, while, he's kind of just been there. And it's time, you know, they finally do something with him and finally give him something, you know, quality. Um, so that's why I think now's the time to start, you know, elevating them a little bit. I think Triple H sees the value in AJ Styles as well. And this is a good way uh, to have this nice storyline with the OC where they, you know, take down the Judgment Day. And then I could see them even being involved in that Survivor Series match with Edge and Beth Phoenix going against the Judgment Day as well. What do you think long-term left for AJ Styles. Do you think um, he gets one more big run, or is this kind of his role as a role player for the remaining couple of years of his career? I think, personally, he does deserve one more run, because I enjoyed him as a champion when he had his runs. Uh, I would like to see him get one more, honestly. I've, I've loved AJ Styles for the last 20 years, and it's... Uh, 
I'd love for him to just get that capstone. Even if he doesn't win, but get like one last big title match, big title run into mm -hmm. a match. Yeah. Um, just to kind of put that exclamation point. I agree. We know he's getting to the end, and he'll probably morph into some kind of training role, I'm sure, in mm -hmm. NXT. Yep. Uh, but one of the all-time greats for sure. And since he's been there, he's been Mister Reliable. He is, and he's he's not a a problem in the locker room either. He's no. a very like unified guy and, and can put on a five star clinic every night. Any night you put him out there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think he's I think he's come out and said he wants to finish his career there. Yes, he has. Yeah. So I I think he's a, a loyal guy. I don't blame him for the paycheck he's getting right now. Probably too. Oh yeah, it's safe, and you know he's got that <clears throat> post career opportunity where he can go into either producer role. Uh, into writing or management uh, in the office or down at NXT and, and train down there. Absolutely. Which I think that's probably the best thing for him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most talented wrestlers of this era, so why not? That, that'd be a great role for him, I think. Absolutely. I believe there's one left at the top of the card. We've got Roman Reigns against the uh, internet sensation yeah. Logan Paul for the Undisputed World Wrestling Entertainment. Yep. Heavyweight Championship of the World. And I think this one was probably my easiest one to pick. Same. Out of yeah. all of them, I think it's pretty obvious Roman is going to win this. Uh, I think the goal of this match, though, is going to be to show that Logan Paul is a viable wrestler. Um, so we'll use this match to elevate Paul, but, you know, in the end, Roman's going to, you know, dominate towards the end of the match and get the win because you don't want to make Roman look weak. Um, I see it similar to where you have that Daniel Bryan Brock Lesnar match going back a few years, where you know you had Brock Lesnar completely dominate the whole star of the match, then just out of nowhere, uh, Daniel Bryan had all the momentum, which I see Logan Paul doing, and then would, but then eventually leading into Roman getting that win, just like going back to that Brock match. I see a similar formula being what works for this one. Uh, I'm in a complete agreement. Uh, I think they're going to give him a couple of moments to look good. Mm -hmm. Because um, he's one of those attraction guys that you don't need to like. You just pull him out, and he—I yeah. have to give it to him—he's athletic and he looks good in there. He's—he's he's done a great job for the limited time he's been in there. You know, the, the fans still hate him, which I personally don't like him either. But you know, <laughs> but I mean, after seeing his performance at yes. last year's WrestleMania and a couple other times he's been in the ring, he's—he's he's he's impressed. Like, he's very impressed for the very limited amount of training that he's had. Then he's also teased his brother eventually coming too, you know, a little Paul Paul tag team uh, mm -hmm. from the championship, you never know. It should, I mean, why not? Because it's all, it brings buzz when they yep. do stuff like this. Now, in an alternate universe, can you imagine mm -hmm. if they just swerved the entire world <laughs> and had Logan Paul defeat Roman Reigns? They would have end his two year plus run they would have a picket line outside the headquarters <laughs> if this happened with burning torches and everything ready to burn the company down if this happened. I mean, uh, if I I can't imagine, I mean, I can't imagine the internet just completely melting. Mm -hmm. um, you'll get some ratings out of it because you'll get a lot oh, of buzz yeah. from the non-fans showing up to say, oh my God, what happened here? Yeah, but then you'll have the hardcore fans being like, really? to this guy what is wrong with you i mean they tried this before with like david arquette winning the wcw heavyweight mm -hmm. title back mm -hmm. in 2000 yep. um people still talk about it to this day though and they say they do no 
publicity is or bad publicity is good publicity. If if there was nothing left for Roman to do, I could see him doing it. But since you know, we hope it leads into something else. That's why I don't think we're gonna be going that way. <laughs> I don't think so. I I could see if they had uh, a guy where it didn't matter too much if he lost, but they built this run up to be so sacred. Mm -hmm. it's going on more than two years at this point. Yeah. That if he uh, if this happened, it would be a stain on oh yeah it would be the biggest way to take heat heat off a guy <laughs> yes <laughs> and put a heat on you literally I, th I would say triple h right now has the majority of the fans like bought into what he's doing mm -hmm. uh i think he's done a great job as well but that would be completely that's right. how you lose fans. The window. that's how you lose fans quick right there if he did that but luckily he is not vince and will not do that <laughs> i don't think so either but um, it should be a good show. A lot of interesting matchups on there, and I, I'm interested to see where they kind of lead into the next couple of months or so, mm -hmm. uh, leading into Survivor Series. One other question I want to ask before we wrap up here. It looks like they've axed a couple of pay-per-views in between now, and so after Survivor Series, we're going to Royal Rumble. There's no, um, they're not doing the day one pay-per-view, mm -hmm. they're not doing a TLC December yep. pay-per-view. What do you think about that? Are you on board with that, or are you, uh... I've always liked that going, you know, less pay-per-views because with when they went to this monthly format, I think that's what really hurt the company more is because it didn't allow for these true storylines to build. So I feel like having these gaps between pay-per-views allows them to really focus on the stories more um, and have them develop. Whereas, you know, with these pay-per-views, they kind of have to quickly throw some together and then get into a pay-per-view within a couple weeks. So I actually like prefer it this way where less pay-per-views are better. Like optimally, like I would say for them six max. That way they get the yep. ni nice two month build for each pay-per-view uh, and give tons for stories to develop versus the quickly, let's put this together, force it down your throat, and then we're gonna be done with it. And it's the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Make it an appointment. Mm -hmm. you know, make it special. Yep. Like make you wanna like block your calendar off and say, oh my God. Mm -hmm. The Royal Rumble is coming. I got to sit down and watch yep. this. Or obviously WrestleMania is like that, but it gets you hyped to the next one. Isn't until SummerSlam, or mm -hmm. maybe they do one in between Mania and SummerSlam. Yep. Um, and they build up marquee matchups that you've been building, 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 building. And when you get there, you're mm -hmm. excited to sit down and watch it. Yeah. If it was my way, the pay-per-views I'd probably have be yours. You have your SummerSlam, Extreme Rules. You have your Crown Jewel, and a Survivor Series, then the Royal Rumble. And then, honestly, I would wait till Mania and then get rid of Backlash as well and have money in the bank and summer, and then go back to SummerSlam. So that way, you sometimes you have some longer gaps, but it allows for some real stories to develop. Uh, so that way, you don't... Because it's really been, you know, not that great, their stories recently, and I think they need to cut it to, to allow it to happen. And it's overkill. At a time, yes, exactly. it made sense where it worked at... At a time, they were doing two a month almost. Yep. They had the, mm -hmm. the two rosters, um, but it, it's way too much. And they can go the route that AEW goes where they have those, like, special, you know, regular televised, like, they hype it up. Like, you know, Dynamite always has those special episodes every month or so. You know, I could see that'd be a good idea for WWE to sure, fill that not? gap. They could still do more pay-per-views than them, but, you know, spice it up a little bit, having these special events, um, especially around, like, holidays. They can make, like, a big Christmas show they have while there's no pay-per-view. They always hype up Halloween at NXT. Why not do it on the main roster? Um, you know, so there's ways to, you know, 
get around having less pay-per-views by hyping up their live TV. Yeah, and it's it's a different business model today. It's it's tele they're a television first company to where mm-hmm. back in the day you relied more on pay-per-view revenue and yes. having more stadium shows and, and more more houses like more, filling up more uh, arenas, mm-hmm. ticket sales and all that. But the, the primary driver of their business now is the rights fees they already have from NBC Universal with Peacock. Mm-hmm. So if they do six or they do 16 pay-per-views they're getting the same amount of money from nbc universal and i think too like doing these like special live tv events would help their tv ratings as well because you look at AEW a lot of times when they do these special events it helps give a boost to the ratings and i think it would do the same thing for wwe boost their ratings as well and gives them more exposure which is you know something they want yeah if and we'll end on this if i'm picking my like core pay-per-views i'm going to focus on five i'm going to keep obviously rumble the big four, Rumble, Mania, Survivor Series, uh, SummerSlam, and then I'm going to bring back the King of the Ring pay-per-view that was always in June. Okay. Uh, primarily because I, not because what they've done with it the last few years, they always kind of bring it back as a gimmick when I already know what they're going to do with it. They're yep. going to have somebody win, they're going to have the King gimmick for like yep. three months, which is kind of lame. See, that's why I've never been a fan of King of the Ring is for that whole reason. You know, they get the same gimmick and then it's done with. So, I, I mean, personally, I would keep it away, the uh, the King of the Ring. I think it's had its time in the sun. And, you know, because you look at the last one they just had where they had uh, Xavier Woods and Zelina Vega win it. And it lasted a couple weeks and they were done with it already. But if they were going to make it back into a show, I liked what they did in 2002 with it, where they actually made, all right, the winner gets a title shot at SummerSlam. So it's almost like an interim Royal Rumble-esque storyline mm-hmm. where, like, you build up this tournament of, of young men and women to just, like, yeah. uh, get that spotlight. And then you get you set up, a, a, like, a summertime long feud with somebody that wins the tournament in June, and then you've got until August. Well, I think that's why they used Money in the Bank to take the place of that word. Now, instead of, like, leading to that, this can happen at any time, any place. Well, I think you have to keep Money in the Bank, too. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's a fun one. And that's become, like, a core, like, the fifth core one today yep. in the modern day. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I would go with that. So if we're going to keep six, I'll keep Money in the Bank. And then I think you can do a lot with the tournament if you book it right. If not, it's pretty lame. But mm-hmm. I think you can you can do a lot with it. No. And I, I would say keep Extreme Rules too because they did such a great job of making it an Extreme Rules actual pay-per-view. And they really did a great job of pushing that. So I would continue to keep that at least for the time being, especially since they threw so much into it this year. Why get rid of it after doing that? I agree. Uh, Well, I think we're out of time there, boss. So we will see you next time. But make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Wrestling Makes. Comment at us what you think about the show. We're happy to comment back and have a conversation. Uh, Logical, (laughs) calm, cool, demeanored conversation about professional wrestling. Um, Subscribe to us. We're on Apple. We're uh, we're wherever you get your podcasts. Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, Odyssey. Um, we are on Spotify, uh, and of course you can see the video version. If you want to take a look at us, look at these handsome guys right here, uh, we're right on YouTube. Our aging ugly mugs. Uh, we look, come on, look, we look, we look great! Uh, but we thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you subscribe, tell all your friends and fam about us, and, uh, help us kind of build this little community that we've got here, this multimedia community. So, uh, until then, we'll see you next time on Wrestling Makes the World Takes. See you later, everybody. Uh